I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hyperbole. <laughs> Fly hyperbole. Oh my god. <laughs> we have a new opening. Fly hyperbole. Sorry, Al. That's that's all I got, but you know, that was fun. Uh hey guys, welcome back to Fly Hyperbole. I'm Steve. This is Craig. And oh boy, are we excited for game four of the Flyers Penguins series. No, we're not excited, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, the Flyers went ahead and really ruined the your Tuesday more than it was probably already ruined by the whole, you know, working thing. But uh, yeah, not so good. The, the Flyers, while in the course of practicing for Game 4, went ahead and had a little bit of an incident in practice. One Radko Gudis ran into one Sean Couturier, making one splitting headache for all Philadelphia Flyers hockey fans. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you often get need any contact in practice and lose a star player for uh, a playoff game or two or the whole series. You know, that's the thing that most that that comes across most NHL teams. You know, it's just another day at the office. Can't really prevent that in any way. It's real. Uh, like of all the guys to lose, it had to be Couturier, uh, your best defensive player, your best one of your best offensive goal scorers this year, just overall a devastating loss. Yeah. Why couldn't like, why couldn't Dale Weiss have, you know, no offense to Dale Weiss, but at the same time, you're Dale Weiss. Like we, why couldn't he have run into Gouda somehow taking like the fifth line rushes or whatever had to be Sean Couturier. Right. And just on the verge of when they were about to reunite Couturier, Drew and Voracek for desperation mode. Yeah, because that I feel like that line would have done pretty well, and I don't know how a I don't know how a Drew Katoria Voracek line with uh, a Katoria at a third of his speed now maybe is gonna be. Uh, it's kind of if we're lucky. If we're lucky. yeah, if we're lucky. If not, it could be a. I have I have no idea what the lines will be if he can't go. Okay, so I I got him here courtesy of uh, Bill Meltzer earlier today. This is his uh, guesstimate of the Flyers lines if 14 is out. So here we go. Top line. Baudreau at left wing. Nolan Patrick at center. Yakov Voracek on your right wing. Okay. Second line. Left wing. Travis Konechny. Center. Valtteri Filpula. Right wing. Wayne Simmons. Killer. Killer. Third line. Michael Raffle left wing. 
center Scott Lawton doesn't win enough faceoffs, right? Yeah. Right wing Jordan Wheel. And fourth line at left wing Oscar Lindblom, 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 Lindblom. Center Jorold Latera. Right wing meet Dad Reed. All right. Uh, you know, it could be worse. Because, uh, no, it can't really. It can't be much worse than that. Maybe, maybe if Giroux was out. Uh, yeah. Or that's really Proveroff for Goss to spare. Those are the only guys that it could possibly be worse losing. I I mean, I, honestly, I, I think a strong case could be made that losing Katori is the most important player that you could that you could lose. I mean, he's going up against Crosby each game. And uh, I, I mean, Philpula is just going to get blasted by Malkin now, and it's not going to be it's not going to be cool. Not going to be cool. I mean, the second line will now be what the third line was. That was uh, they were. I guess they were doing all right against uh, the Kessel line, but now it's going to be Malkin, Kessel, and I think Hagelin's still in the second line with them, and that's just. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> It's just not going to happen. Like, I, I don't know how they're, I don't know how it's going to work. They looked fine last game for a period and then it fell apart. And I, I mean, if they can't stay out of the penalty box with Katoria in the lineup, I don't know what's going to happen. If you lessen the skill in the lineup, I feel like it's just going to go worse. Yeah, pretty much. And let's, uh, let's talk about, before we start getting into all the doom and gloom, let's talk about the one bright moment of this series. And that would be game two on Friday night. Yeah, game two was pretty cool. Game two, uh, when this series uh, goes down in painful fashion in game five or six or maybe seven, uh, if they lose, you know, disclaimer, uh, I think game two will be the the bright spot of the, the series that we'll look back on because it was a lot of fun. And there is uh, the connecting goal was great. And the everything about the Patrick goal was wonderful. And I think that was my favorite playoff goal in uh, probably a while. Uh, I don't think there was really a memorable one against the Caps in 2016. Uh, and the the Rangers series was pretty much just pure. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, the although the Gustafson goal against the Rangers was pretty fun because he came out of the box and covered him with like a three line pass, but. But nothing was good. Nothing's going to top Katori between the legs. And then Patrick just being like, what's up, jerks, on the corner after he scored. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. It was just the are you entertained pose. Are you not yeah, entertained? Exactly, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It, it's an amazing pass and a badass finish from the rookie. Yeah. Uh, what more could you ask for? Well, not much. I mean, it was a pretty good. It was a pretty good keep by Proveroff at the line, too. Because uh, he had to, he knocked it down and then was able to send it over to, I think, Voracek. He passed it down to Kodorje. 27 minutes played in that, or over 27 minutes for both Provorov and Sean Kodorje in that game, by the way. For Sean Kodorje? Okay, I didn't know that. I, I was going to say, I I kind of hope Provorov and Gossesper keep getting a lot of minutes because that will lessen the, uh, uh, the... Manning, Gudis... Sandheim. Well, see, Sandheim. Well, not Sandheim's good. Sandheim's good, well, but McDonald is. You know. Well, McDonald by proxy now has been fine. Like him and Sandheim have been a fine pairing. 
Uh, it's the. I'll actually give you that one. Yeah, it's the. That's the that's the problem with the Manning Gudis pairing right now is I think people want Hag to come back in the lineup, but I I wouldn't touch those two pairings. The 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 Provorov pair pairing isn't going anywhere. And San, you got to put Hag in for the man dog. I, but then who's moving the puck between Hag and Gudis? Right. Like it, it's it's an annoying. Anyway, you cut those three pairs. I think this is somehow the. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, the the three guys least bad lineup. Yeah, of the, it's the three. Yeah, Sandheim's like the McDonald whisperer, though. Like I don't know how he's become. He's the only one that actually gets McDonald to post decent numbers, and that's. I mean, hopefully that pair stays together for the next two years. He's got two years left, right? McDonald. Uh, yeah, it feels like twenty, but yeah, well, I think take two forever. is the accurate number. Yeah, it'll take forever, but at least saying I'm. And the thing too is like Hackstall apparently in the playoffs has decided to, uh, kind of limit McDonald's role, which is the big reason why everybody hates the contract is because not only, you know, if he makes a lot of money. That sucks, but still, you can still bury him on the third pairing and give him shelter in the minutes. And Hackstall, I think, finally decided to start doing that. And hey, look, he hasn't really done too much McDonald. Still does. He still has this couple. He has to get his plays in each game because he's a McDonald. But it's not as detrimental as it usually is. And Sanheim is usually there to uh, cover it on up. But yeah, that those lines look. Those lines sound pretty cool, man. That sounds like a good time. I'm pretty pumped for game four. Let's do this. <laughs> well, two was a lot of fun. Uh, watched uh, game two with a few Broad Street hockey people and some Broad Street hockey uh, readers and listeners of the show. And that was pretty great on Friday night. So I just wanted to give a, a quick shout out to everybody who came out. Uh, a lot of fun over at Moonshine uh, in South Philly. Yeah, I, I couldn't make it, obviously, if you couldn't tell. So mostly from being terrible. Yeah, I'm the worst. Is what I, come I often was on record saying Craig's the weak link in the show. And he's going at any moment now. This is the last straw is what I was heard saying. You, a number I, of times. I heard rumors that at Moonshine, you proclaimed very loudly. I don't want to say you heard this from me, but Craig, yeah, he might be gone. I heard that. I heard you say that several times at Moonshine, apparently. So, I'll... you know, word on the street is this Craig Forsyth is out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't blame you. I'm, uh, Pretty big piece of shit. I know. I get that. I'm picking up on it. Uh, we all love you, Craig. We all love you, Craig. <laughs> okay, let's not get carried away in the other way now. <laughs> we uh, tolerate you. <laughs> there you go. It's a good meet. It's a good meeting of uh, halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> Game two, a lot of fun though. Uh, watching Drew inadvertently crush Latang was fantastic, and oh, the connect me goal was. I-, I got to loudly proclaim, "Jerk star!" when Connectney <laughs> scored, and that was my everything. Oh, yeah, I, I, I imagine it was. And that goal was, man, I think I liked it. This was the, on the one of the least, uh, one of the lowest, one of the littlest reasons why I like that goal. But the Chad Ruweedle for the Penguins is the Andrew McDonald for them in terms of who NBC goes to bat for for no reason. Like Pierre Maguire, man, if you asked him to write a book, I feel like he could write a 700-page on Chad Ruweedle's 
mobility and simplistic play and how effective it is. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, dude, it's Chad Ruweedle. Calm down. Like, he's not great. He's a very, he's a dime a dozen defenseman. He's not that good. So to see Konechny walk him and score on him like that was a little satisfying for that angle. But also just the fact he blew by him and scored one on Murray and you could tell he was pumped about it. Yeah, and that was, if only we could see more of the Murray we saw in that game. The thing about that game was, the Flyers didn't have that many shots, but they finally capitalized on the chances they got, which is what the Penguins always do to the Flyers that drives us insane. Yeah, and Murray, I mean, that Gosture goal wasn't uh, wasn't too hot. The, the first one kind of leaked through him. No, no, not hot at all, but I'll take it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I do want to say real quick, speaking of goaltending, Elliot did play better, but it, it was one of those things early in the game. They got a break where Hornquist had that shot from the top of the circle and he missed it and it hit the post and it, it didn't go in somehow. But if that pucks a half inch to the right, it's one nothing penguins like 10 minutes into that game. And I think the complexion of that game changes and it, it, the Flyers could be down three, nothing right now. Right. But at some point it was just nice to get a bounce. No, the it, Flyers was. Way it and- was, it was. Right. I, I, well, the problem is every time they play the Penguins, the Penguins get every bounce. I don't know if that's just yeah. from being the hungrier team, being the more opportunistic team, or just rotten friggin' luck on the Flyers' part, but it was nice to get a couple bounces that night. The other notable one being the Crosby miss on the power play that went right through the crease. Man, that was beautiful. Crosby, when he threw his hissy fit and broke the stick over the uh, net, which, no, no penalty, by the way. Which, I, I yeah, that is a penalty, is it not? If you, that's what I thought. Yeah. Speaking of real quick, we should fit this in here. Cause, uh, uh, one of our listeners, Dan Fortuna, I believe is how you say his name. Uh, Fortuna. so in tonight's caps, uh, we're not calling you that Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's referring to what happened tonight in the caps blue jackets game where, uh, still ongoing. A Vetchkin came down by himself on Brabowski and just snowed him and there wasn't a penalty, but I'm pretty sure I thought that was on sportsman like conduct. Like, if it was bad enough and there's no need for it, which in this case it felt like there was no need for it, I thought that was usually an unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, That's pretty much the definition yeah, of unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, I don't know if it's a thing that is, I, I, you know, I think it's commonly called, but I think they kind of pick their spots. And I feel like a tie game, late in game three of his playoff series, maybe, uh, maybe isn't the time to call somebody for that. But, um, uh, Steve said once to say it again. I'm not a doctor. I don't know these things. I don't, <laughs> you know. Wikipedia states unsportsmanlike conduct, also called unsporting behavior that's, or ungentlemanly conduct that's, that's, or bad sportsmanship <laughs> or poor sportsmanship, is a foul or offense in many sports that violates the sport's generally accepted rules of sportsmanship and participant conduct. Examples include verbal abuse or taunting of an opponent an excessive celebration following a, sc- a scoring play or feigning injury like Patrick Hornquist. Oh man, Patrick Hornquist. Look, I don't know what the fuck will not be was. missed in game four. Yeah. For the record. What the fuck his deal was in game two, but I was a big fan because he was losing his shit and it was very reminiscent of 2012, but he, he like tackle McDonald. He was pushing people out to play. I felt like every single play was just losing his mind. And then he took, I think he took two unnecessary penalties because of it. But I, I think after that game, I 
Mike Sullivan's first words must have been, all right, guys, tough loss. Hey, Patrick, cut the shit out, because what are you doing? <laughs> what are we even doing at this point? Yeah, because I think he completely erased everything for game three, which is unfortunate, because if that had continued, he probably would have, I felt like he would have cost uh, the Penguins a game at some point in time. This game's going to double overtime, by the way. Yeah, the Caps Blue Jackets now. So if... boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Just Doc's screaming and crying at the end of an intermission. <laughs> I can't keep track of this, nor can my voice keep up with the rapid pace <laughs> of playoff hockey. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, game two. What else uh, What else happened in game two there? Uh, I think we covered game fires. two pretty effectively. I for game uh, point for games one, two, and three for the Flyers. Uh, as it finally came home to roost for uh, game three, too many goddamn penalties. Cut it out with the penalties. Yeah, <laughs> that was because... the number one key we said in the playoff preview. Yeah, was <laughs> don't take dumb penalties and don't give the Penguins and their top ranked power play opportunities. Yeah, and what do they do? It's uh, you know, it's one thing where the the Penguins are the more skilled team. You're probably gonna have penalties where you have to. Chase the play a little bit, prevent a goal. That's fine if you do that once or twice a game and you still limit them to, I don't know, like two or three power play opportunities a game. Not the Vorchek slash or the Konechny roughing for no reason in game two. Like they, they, They've they taken a lot of dumb penalties they don't need to take, and it finally bit them in the ass in game three. And I, if they want to have any chance of, of winning these next couple of games, they have to... They just have to stay out of the penalty box. I'm still waiting to see that game where they only get called for one penalty against. And it's just, I think it was, I think they had four in the first game, four in the second game, and then seven. Seven in the third game. Ooh, which God. is fa- so, fascinating. This is a good chance to talk about the third game. Yes. So the, the third game I went to, uh, as of obviously a number of Philadelphians did since it was here, and... You know, palpable excitement. After the first game, a lot of people were like, oh my God, it's going to be a straight sweep. Two gave us a lot of hope, though. It was a great performance by the Flyers. It was pretty much all you could ask for. And then you get out there for this game, and it starts off well enough. You know, the first period, not a bad performance from the Flyers. And it looks like they got a chance in this one if they just keep hanging tight. But then the second period happens, and... Oh, boy, does it go down the tubes quick. Real quick. And the first period. First period of game three was probably, I think Bill said it too, probably the best period of the series. I know they won on Friday, but game one of the last game, I think, was the best period they've had of the nine so far. And somehow, like you were saying before, the I guess the breaks and being opportunistic, the Penguins found themselves uh, up one nothing because Raffle turned it over into the, the slot and Crosby, Crosby, and uh, there you go. I think they outshot the Penguins 11-4 to that period, and they come down down by a goal. And then the bad penalties take place, and then, I mean, the, the fourth goal is probably the most embarrassing goal against the Flyers all season. The one that had came five seconds after the third goal. Oh, yeah. Everybody, literally everybody looked terrible on that play. And... That's when Haxtell, and I think he admitted it, Haxtell needed to call a timeout there. Big time. Like before, but after the third goal, he needed to call a timeout. Because, 
I mean, I've bitched about it, and I'm, I'm not the only one, but I've I've bitched about him and his timeout usage this year, and instances like against the Rangers back in January, I think, when the Flyers were down three nothing, and they were getting cycled on, and they looked pretty hopeless, and Hackstall could have used a timeout and could have at least killed the momentum, and made it still just a three goal game, because a three goal game, it's possible to come back. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not a miracle. Four goals, I. I don't know. I feel like there's a big leap from three goals to four goals. And, there definitely is. Yeah. And I mean, you could sense it in the building after, you know, after that first period, then Broussard scores, you're like, shit, it's two nothing. This isn't looking great. Then you have three nothing. You're kind of like, well, this could get out of hand real quick. And, and then it does. And then it does. And it could have not gotten out of hand real quick. It could have kind of, they could have slowed it down. I bet you if you call a timeout, everybody doesn't look like they're sleepwalking on that last goal. And uh, it's still a three nothing game, which, not ideal. Not in no way a guarantee they come back and win at all. But getting three goals really isn't crazy. Getting four goals after your team gets scored on twice in five seconds doesn't doesn't look too promising. Right, and it, that's where in the crowd we're looking around saying, "Is this like? Do we start to go now? <laughs> it's a it's a playoff game." So I stayed, but it's hard to blame someone you're down that much to really check out at that oh, point. Yeah. You always want to have the argument, and I'll, I'll say I've trashed other fan bases for leaving early, but and look, it's it's justifiable. You're getting trashed. Why do you want to stick around for that, especially when I, I wouldn't say there was an overwhelming amount of Penguins fans in the building, yeah. but there were enough to make it annoying. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, and you know they're gonna you know they're gonna come out for this fucking series too, because this is this has got to be the most they've been uh, expected to win a, a series against the Flyers in a while. Even back in 2012, I, I know the Penguins were expected to win, but this one, I'm pretty sure everybody chalked this up to be on a cakewalk. So, of course, they're going to buy the tickets to come out here and be loud, obnoxious assholes. <laughs> Which, I guess, I don't really blame them. I guess Flyers fans would do the same out in Pittsburgh. Oh, 100%, but, yeah. especially at this point in the rivalry, but right. it's, uh, you know, it's it's not fun on this no, end for not, sure. It's, yeah, it's not fun at all. Nothing, there's been, uh, game two was fun so far about this series, and that's, that's pretty much been it. So, Craig, I got to ask you, if the Flyers had ended up playing the, the Capitals or the Lightning, do you think they would have stood a better chance, or do you think they'd probably be in a similar position anyway? Uh, the Capitals, I said it about the Capitals for a while. I think the Capitals were there for the taking. I, I think the Capitals would have, their underlying numbers dropped. Their secondary scoring was not really there this year. And they had the situation where they didn't know if they were going to go with Grubauer or Holpe. I, I, I don't know. I think the Flyers could have had at least stood a chance in that series. I don't think they would be up like the, the Blue Jackets are now because the Blue Jackets came in to the playoffs on fire and have a better team in terms of possession and everything. But I think they would have stood a chance. I think they would have got murdered against the lightning too, especially when you, I mean, just have you watched much of the lightning devil series so far? I've watched it here and there. I feel like it's just, I feel like the lightning are just skating over them for the entirety of the game. I have no idea how they won five the two last game. That was really deceptive. Did you watch that last game? Oh my God. Yeah. That, that net mouth scramble. Uh, that the the lightning had, I, I think, like a 20-second scramble in front of uh, Schneider and somehow did not score. And then J.T. Miller takes an offensive zone penalty. I, it was like the biggest 
fortuitous swing I think I've ever seen in any hockey game ever. But well, it was also one of the luckiest empty net goals I've ever seen. It's just unbelievable. It had no business getting in there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I listened to, I think it was, um, it was Biscuits last week. And Dave Lozo finally, I think he summarized how I feel about the Devils. And I did, like, this is the best way to describe the Devils. They are the Penguins if you take away Malkin, Crosby, Letang, and, and Kessel. They're all just a bunch of quick assholes that aren't good. But they they are great supporting players, and they'll be annoying and compete, but they're really not that. Like the, like the Penguins, if you take away those four players on the Penguins, you know, those are big four big names you're removing from the lineup. But guys like sure. Gensel, Sheeran, and Russ are all fast. And they can be great support players, but they're they're not going to carry the mail at any point in time. Even last year, I know everybody was hopped up on Gensel, but I I hated that period of time mainly because the Penguins are en route to another cup, but also because it was like Crosby would carry two people on his back to the neutral zone, somehow get a shot on net, and then Gensel would put the puck in when the goalie was out of position. Everybody was like, "Man, consummate for Gensel, anybody?" And it's like, "Well, no." <laughs> it's like, "No, no, no," but that's. That like Taylor, it's instead of those three guys, they have Taylor Hall, and that's it. And I think that's pretty much because guys like Coleman and Woods, and you know they have Kyle Palmieri is kind of uh, he used this comparison to like Palmieri is kind of like Hornquist, where he's you know pretty annoying net presence and a kind of a jackass after the whistle. So I I can definitely see that that comparison. I think that kind of explains why they're a really annoying team this year. But they're still going to lose in five. I mean, they may have won last game, but I think the Lightning are just going to. They were. They should have lost last night too. They're down two to one in the third, and then somehow came back. And I think Schneider got hurt. Yeah, he was writhing around something good. Yeah, I can't believe you stayed in that game. And also, the Lightning didn't test him after that either. So they kind of uh, they they just got they got some breaks last night. It's good for them. <laughs> Enjoy your. It'll be their one one win this series, I think. Uh, but yeah, Flyers I think would have gotten blasted by the Lightning eight two. I think they would have stood stood a chance against the Caps. They played the That sounds right to yeah, me. Yeah, they if they Yeah, they wouldn't have played I was gonna say the Bruins have finished at the top of the division and would have gotten blasted by the Bruins too, but I uh, uh, Bruins would be smoking them. Yeah. Uh yeah. It, it's it wasn't gonna work out that well for the Flyers regardless. It's right. more painful because it's the it's the Penguins, it's their rival, yeah, and, and they're clearly better. Yeah, it's, just, I, I, uh, it's tough to watch. It really is. I, I feel like if it was any other team in the conference, I, you know, knowing where this team is at in its growth and knowing what to expect out, out of them in a playoff series, every game so far, it, it would be fun to get up for, but the losses wouldn't be as painful. It, you're right. It's the fact that it's against the Penguins. Like, it just has to be against the Penguins this year that all this nonsense is going on because they're just... I mean, it's really, it's not really that, it's not really a fair fight right now. And it's really painful to watch knowing that, I, I don't know. Like, if you're a measured fan, you kind of know what to expect of this team, but at the same time, it's the Penguins, and you, you want them to do the do the tall order of knocking off the Penguins somehow, which... They boil your blood. They are an infuriating team. They are... You know, I did the top five list last week, but seriously, it, it's like Crosby, just his face just annoys you if you're a Flyers fan. <laughs> it just gets to you. And 
Kessel's a guy who I actually liked before he was a penguin, but yeah. now he's a penguin. I, you know, I can't even stand hearing about him. Uh, it's and you know, Malkin can just go straight to hell. Straight to hell. Straight to hell. By the way, speaking of Kessel, real quick, uh, I think the big, the one of the signs why people feel like the Flyers might turn around here is that they haven't seen the best of Drew Voracek or Simmons yet. Which I mean, we can the the Simmons one is up for debate, but. I agree we haven't seen the best out of Drew and Voracek yet, obviously. Uh, I think the counter-argument to that would be Castle hasn't done shit this series yet, and the Penguins are still looking like this. So I, what if Kessel starts to get going? And, I mean, with the way the lines look, he might get a shot to, to get rolling here. And I, I feel like once he, if he gets on the ball, it's there's there's no chance in hell the Flyers are going to do anything. But... Joy, oh joy. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's a good time. Did we even talk did we talk about the whole Katoria thing before we started recording? Did we talk about that yet? We talked about Katoria at the start of the show. Okay. Yeah, that's Thanks, Ride Kogudas. Yeah. Badco IMO. Man. I, I just I I feel like a lot of people turn on Racco this year. And I this won't help, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> No, it won't. Also, it definitely won't. Also, I feel like Atori just gets fluke ass injuries. I think I know this is the third year in a row he suffered a like injury, but I feel like the one two years ago against Ovechkin was just not. He, there's nothing he could have done about that. And then there was a weird. It was a weird knee to knee last year against the Panthers, wasn't it? Like, wasn't that the? I forget. If I'm being honest, yeah, I think I thought it was. I'm not going to pretend to know here. No, that's fine. I, I think it. I think it was a knee to knee because I remember him being on the ice in the same fashion he was today. And I mean, the way he reacted today, you knew something's wrong. Like it's not a. You don't react like that if you're like, oh man, just got to ice this guy up. I'll be ready tomorrow. Like he reacts. Should be fine tomorrow. It's almost like he punched a subway car and then. No, <laughs> oh, his hands broken. Who would have thought? I, I definitely didn't see anything like that. Uh, at, on the way to the game. Oh, nothing like that. Yeah, he had a sun fun or a, a fun Sunday. He had a sun. I did. Sun you know what? <laughs> I had a sun fun day. There was no sun, which was great. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it was really appropriate that the entire weekend at that point enjoyed pretty much record high for the year temperatures, eighty degree temperatures, uh, Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday was fifty and miserable rain all day. So. It's like, oh, that's a, a sign right there. And yeah, it was indicative. I will say I had a fun time going to the game. I went with a few of my buddies. One of them dressed up in a, an orange green man suit. Got a great picture with Ed Snyder. Took some disturbing boomerangs of him trying on. The suit. It's not good. Not safe for any human consumption. But uh, <laughs> it was fun. A lot of people had fun with uh, Orange Man. And hey, he got, most importantly, an authentic fan, fan pack which consisted of a drawstring backpack and an authentic fan gray t-shirt. Oh, baby. The good stuff. The best. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he sounds like an authentic fan if he's showing up to the game in that. He is an authentic fan and definitely not just peer pressured by his <laughs> idiot friends. <laughs> well, good for him either way. He got some... Very poor stuff in return for dressing up like uh, <laughs> dressing up like that. <laughs> it was fun. 
it was fun, but uh, yeah, I would have preferred a Flyers win. You know, oh, just absolutely, my, yeah. You know, just a little bit. Do we? Do we even want to talk about what the new lines were gonna be? Are, are, we, we talked about yeah, this. Yeah, we're like we're, yeah. I mean, well, the bottom set wheels coming in too for Limblom. I think that, I think I'm fine with that because Limblom hasn't looked, uh, he hasn't looked great, and I Meltzer pointed out also that Lindblom has especially looked poor since he took a high stick. And yeah, I think it was game one or game two. It was one of those. It was game one, and it went unnoticed by uh, from Alimana, and that's of course. You know, that's I guess that's that's a fine point. Uh, and, you know, you want him to get playoff experience, but at the same time, if he's not like, they, I don't know, this isn't the time of year to, I guess. <laughs> but let, he's going to be back, right back in the lineup because Katori yeah, is hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're both on the assumption that Katori is not playing tonight, right? Yeah. Do you think he's back in the series? I think he's done for the series. I mean, I hope he's not, but I, well, it's a yeah. very real chance. I mean, just it, that, I don't know. They look like knee to knee. It, that reaction. Here's the problem. The Flyers are going to keep their cards closer to the vest. Uh, Ron Hextall's not going to let on if there's a major injury unless he absolutely has to because he wants to keep the Penguins thinking that he's going to be showing up and uh, potentially playing. You want them to prepare as if they're going to play against Couturier. Yeah. And then when they find out they got to go up against the man, the myth, the legend himself, Valtteri Filpula, they'll be intimidated and scared and they'll shut themselves down. Well, that's how you earn tomorrow. Oh God. Hashtag hashtag earn tomorrow. I, you know, better than clutch time. Uh, I, I feel like earn tomorrow is a fine. I feel like that's a fine motto. I don't know. Like there's, it's certainly no, here they come. Tough, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's like you can understand the point behind it. You know, you gotta you gotta grit it out. It's a blue collar town, they like that kind of shit. But clutch time was just bad. Clutch time was horrible. My favorite was just relentless, and then they added in the post. It's also, by the way, it's also no fucking sick and tired of being babied. <laughs> I like how you remember when it was relentless, and then for the uh, for the playoffs they put relentless pursuit of the cup instead of like yeah. making another hashtag. That's what they did. That was uh, <laughs> they, they were like, you know what would work for the postseason guys, <laughs> and then somebody pitched that. Oh man. Uh, well, we should talk because Hornquist is out too. We could talk about the new Penguins lines and who's going to score on the. Uh... Oh God, do we have to? I mean, yeah, yeah. All right, roll them out. Let me hear them. Uh, I gotta, I gotta find these lines now. I put them down. Oh, there we go. Okay, you ready? Uh, never been less ready. Top line: Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Dominic Simone, Simon. Simon I, don't, I don't even know. He, he's going to score on tonight, though. Don't worry about it. Uh, Carl Haglin, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel. Oh God. Connor Sheary, Derek Broussard, Brian Russ. The the line that I've made fun of for being nothing but uh, ancillary pieces of this team. They'll, they'll definitely produce a goal or two tonight. At least a hatch. Yeah, and then Zach Aston Reese, Riley Cheyenne, Tom Tommy Kunakel. So that that top line is gonna be a whole lot of Crosby somehow winning a possession battle against uh Giroux, half a Katori and Voracek. Somehow. Yeah, and I'm I'm not too pumped about it. But at the same time, what are you gonna do? Like we all gotta <laughs> 
we all gotta watch it. This is life goes on. Yeah, this is like this playoff series kind of has felt like like work. It's not. I don't know. Like there are times when your team's the underdog and you really feel pretty pumped about it, but there are just times when you know that it's just there's really there's really no chance. And I there's times when you get free pizza at work, and then there's the rest of the time when you're just staring into the void. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like game two was our free pizza at work. And the rest of the time is us sitting in our cubicle thinking about the meetings of our lives. And that's, that's how this, that's how this series is going to go. Man, do you, uh, I don't even, I don't even know where to go from here. Steve, trying to look at the notes to see what we've talked about. Oh, the five on five, uh, high danger chances aren't as bad as uh, you'd be led to believe with a 7 nothing loss and a 5-1 loss. The the chances from the home plate area are actually kind of equal. I mean, if you if you throw out game one, of course, where the, the Penguins pretty much just lived in the high danger chance area. But uh, game two, both teams had 10 chances from the home plate area at 5-5. Five five. Game three, the Penguins had 10, the Flyers had 9. So pretty much, like, game three, if they stay out of the penalty box, honestly... I think it's a different game all around. They sell 100%. They sell the penalty box and they actually score in the first period. I think it's a different game. I think that's why it's frustrating because you saw that game and now with the lineup changes where Haxtell actually made the lineup changes finally, they I think they could have I think they could have won tonight if Katori is 100% healthy. I mean, he could play, you know, maybe he plays and he's fine and that does come to fruition, but I don't know. And you, you never you never know, Craig. There's always there's always a chance they could win without Couturier. The, Did that sound inspiring? Did that sound like I believe that? Yeah. Yeah, man. You I'm ready. Let's Are you ready for clutch time? I think it yeah, I think it's clutch time. Where I clutch my face in agonizing defeat as Crosby records his second hat trick of the series. Now, what do you think? About, yeah, God, I've yeah, vomited a little. Right? In my mouth. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> what do you think about the possibility of moving Giroux back to center? I think that's the only way to go about this, in my opinion, because then you would keep Giroux on the top line. Uh, Patrick would be stay on the second line center, because then he could just keep. It would still be the same. The other three centers would stay the same. And then, I mean, to keep Valtteri Fopa in the bottom six, ideal. Uh, and you, I don't know what you would do for the top line. I guess the top line would be the raffle Drew Simmons, maybe. And then you keep the second line. I mean, you keep the second line the same, too, again. You do Limblom, Patrick, Vorchek. Okay, so let's let's throw this out here. Maybe Let's... I think they're still sticking to the idea of demoting Lindblom right now. Yeah. So let's say it's Drew, maybe Raffle, and either Konechny or Simmons. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then maybe they. So I see the before Katori got hurt line was Konechny, Katori, or I'm sorry, Konechny, Patrick, uh, Simmons. So maybe if uh, Voracek was there instead. Yeah. 
Like connecting Patrick Borchek, I could see definitely being a line. It's just so painful to talk about after that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. But wheel, I feel like wheel coming back in, uh, is a positive. Unfortunately, I mean, it, it would have sucked even if it was for Limbaum, but I kind of get. Uh, I mean, I get it because Limbaum hasn't been too great uh, this series. But uh, the team does need more speed. I think Jordan Wheel is somebody who can bring speed into the lineup. And I think it, it sucked, too, because that third line, I thought Quiley could have been pretty good of the, the Wheel, Philfield, and Raffle because Wheel and Raffle are probably the two most annoying four-checkers on the team for opponents. So I think they could have, I don't know, gone in deep, created some problems in the offensive zone. Maybe not score, but at least kind of gain territorial advantage. But that's uh, that looks like it's going off the window now, too. There's just a lot. God damn it, man. This Katori injury, it's just... Who who does this happen to? How does a team... Like, they're just beating themselves is what it comes down to if Katori is really hurt. Like, they... The Penguins didn't do anything. They're, this isn't, like, part of the strategy. Two Flyers just ran into each other at practice, and now the Flyers are going to be down one of their three or four best players. It's just baffling. It's just, who else would this happen to? Just the Flyers. Yeah, it's just the Flyers, I guess. God damn. <laughs> just, it's unreal. Who else but the Flyers? Who else but Quagmire? Uh, but like the uh, the 2016 series, too. It's a family guy free zone here. Yeah. Oh, right. sorry. Thank you very much. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 2016, Katori was also out, but Norbert stole that one game around shot 44 to 11. So I, um, if you think Elliot's pulling that off, by all means. I mean, at the time, I don't think anybody was expecting Norbert to do that either. But time to unleash Mrazic. Yeah, you know I'm good. I think I'm all right. <laughs> I think I'm okay with it. I'm 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 fine with Elliot, uh, being in there. But I feel like Elliot could have made that save on the first goal against Crosby too, and nobody's really. Nobody's really talking about that. Like he took he took a minute to get over to that other that other side of the net. Oh, he definitely did. Yeah. Carter Hart time. Man, that would be fuck it. Let's do it. If they lose tonight, I'm pro team Carter Hart right now. Emergency call up. Just tell them Brian tell them Brian Elliott and Michael Norberth were do or Peter Marasic were doing the uh the Gudis and Katoria drill practice and have them collide with each other and then they'll both be out. And then we have to call Carter Hart. Marazic and Elliot went to the bad Brazilian steakhouse, got fish for some reason. Now, now they got uncontrollable <laughs> diarrhea. Oh, man. They both got the poops and now they're both sitting out. By the way, you know, it's a uh, I do know somebody that that happened to. So they probably don't get the fish at the Brazilian steakhouse. Uh, yeah, I... Stick to the stick to the steak. Yeah, that's I would usually stick to the steak if I go to a steakhouse. Which I had a very nice ribeye on Saturday. I was pretty pumped about that. Just FYI. Oh, look at go. you. You can afford steak. That's real nice. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm made of money, but I make a healthy seven-figure income uh, hockey blogging. It's very nice, stable lifestyle. Uh, it, just so everybody... Uh, Does that include the two decimal points where the cents are included? Uh, no comment. <laughs> Still five figures for it. Nah, never mind. We're not going to get into it. 
Five figures for hockey blog would be, I mean, I'd take that a second. <laughs> Give me $10,000 to write about how Goose is a moron for entering Katoria. Yeah, um, I'll take that. Anywho, uh, what are your expectations for tonight? You expecting a win? Expecting a loss? How bad is this loss going to be? I 100% was expecting a win before this Katoria news, and I got to say, now I'm expecting a loss. It really is that big of a game changer. I agree. Uh, not excited. Maybe this will all be moot. Maybe he'll just miraculously play. He, he's seeing a top knee shaman right now. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I... Cybernetic implant is certainly possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if worst comes to worst, you could cut it off and put it on a robot leg there in one day, right? You could do that. It's 2018. Robo Coots is ready. Yeah, Oscar's Pistorius, this thing. You know, uh, well, the leg part. Don't do the rest of the Oscar Pistorius stuff, but I feel like... <laughs> please, it's... please don't, Coots. Yeah, we can, we need you past this year, so... Cut off your leg, put on a metal leg, see what happens. Who knows? But, you know, uh, we need you, is what it comes down to. Because uh, I can't watch Valtteri Filipula play meaningful... Uh, I can't play him, watch him play meaningful minutes against Malkin or Crosby. Gonna blow my brains out. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I'm expecting like a 4-1 loss tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Just yeah. can't wait. Uh, there is, there are some things to talk about around the league if you wanted to do that real quick. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of want to talk about these other series real quick. Uh, currently on television, we've got the... Oh, oh, did Washington just win it? Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to let you see that. Caps win! <laughs> so Washington has uh, come back slightly in the series, and now they're down 2-1 to the Columbus Blue Jackets after losing both their home games. But, hey, you got to start somewhere, so they're... Uh, there are the Caps back in the series. What a fluky-ass goal, too. So somehow, I mean, you'll see the replay of it, but that Warrenski was trying to clear it and it bounced off uh, Lars Eller and Brabowski and then went in. Oh, wow. That was fluky as shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So the other series, uh, I didn't see the Sharks killing the Ducks like this at all. I mean, that was the series I had the least feel about, but still, I thought it was going to be competitive. I mean, they're. Yeah. I mean, it was eight eight to one last night, and uh, Evander Kane's looked kind of ridiculous there in the first three games. Uh, and I talked about the the Devils earlier. I'm surprised they didn't get swept. I think they still lose in five. Uh, I can't believe the Golden Knights are. I, I think it's a pretty close series with the Kings, but they're still at three nothing. And I I think they've won by collective three goals. Yeah, it's been it's been real close. I just. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. Collective three goals in three games. Yeah. That's the point. There, that's the goal differential. So. It's insane, but uh, they're pulling them. They're pulling it out, and it's always funny. I, I remember I used to argue with people like it was a closer series. All those are one goal games, and this is the definition of that. This might as well be a seven game series out of these. Like even if they get swept, I mean, if it's a four goal. Goal differential for the entire oh, God, series. So it, it might as well be a seven-game series. Yeah, this has so. I mean, this is uh, 
This is one of those series, though. A team being down 3 nothing. I, I really, I don't know. Can't really say the Kings are out yet because it's not. It ain't over till it's yeah, over. Yeah, they didn't really not show up for any of those three games. Like, I remember in 2010 when the Flyers did it. You look at those first three games. I mean, the the first game they lost in overtime because of uh, the Savar shot came to him when he ripped it home. Second one, Milan Lucic scored on a broken play with like two and a half minutes left. So those are both games the Flyers could have easily had. And then uh, they come all the way back. I feel like the Kings, I mean, the Kings could have easily had game two and went to two overtimes. And then the the first game, they let in the Shea Theodore shot from the point, and that was it. So I, I don't know. I'm not related. I'm not ready to call the Kings uh, dead yet. But I mean, it's three nothing, so it's a pretty tall order. We'll say. For sure. Also, the Avs are putting up a really good fight, which you know I expected. That, They've been every one of these games. Yeah, scored scored first on every single game too. I really, I thought they were going to get swept. Uh, I thought it was going to be kind of competitive for a sweep, but I didn't think. I don't think they're going to be causing the, the Predators this this many problems. McKinnon, man, McKinnon's just unreal. Like, watching him on some of these shifts, I just don't know. I feel like he he should definitely have a, a hard nomination for the way he's been playing. If he's, 100%. Yeah, if he's played like this the entire year, then then yeah. Uh, what do you – I mean, the, I think the Wild are done too now after tonight. Uh, right, they had a huge game to respond on Sunday, but then – they lost tonight. So, yeah. yeah so and now yeah. they're going back to Winnipeg, and Zach Parise is out with a broken sternum. Well, that was a nice run, but you guys are done. Yeah, which I can't even. That's gotta hurt to breathe, right? Broken sternum. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds bad. Sounds like a real bitch. Uh, and then uh, Leafs Bruins series, which I, I guess got a little more competitive here after. Uh, Babcock put Marlowe, uh, Marner, and Placanich on the same line, and they kind of produced. But I still feel like that's the Bruins series to lose. I, I agree. I think, the, I think they can win tonight if they play tonight. I don't know if they play on Thursday. But. Better goaltending, more depth, and better defensive play. Yeah. That's what we've been preaching oh this God. whole series for them. And Did you see that Matthews goal last night, though? You know, I'm not sure I did. Let me check that it out. It was a laser. And it was it was one of those things where he was at a bad angle down low, or not bad, but just not ideal. And he got the puck and put it top shelf in half a second, and it was in and out. It was it was pretty insane. Uh, I'll, I'll keep talking about some of the other series, or I'll I'll go past the other series right now until other news. Uh, Phil Verone won the AHL MVP uh, as a as a member of the Phantoms, so. Maybe the Flyers have MVPs at both the NHL and AHL level this year. We'll see. Probably not. Um, Ken, Hitchcock, Ken Hitchcock retired as the Stars coach, but he's going to remain a consultant for the team. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Goldson out in Calgary. He was fired. Had an 82-68-14 and 14 record over two seasons, and he was swept in his lone playoff experience or playoff series last year. I feel like they you should be getting more out of the Flames than what they have. So I feel like him getting fired was pretty pretty apt. I, I feel like their defense should be pretty good. They have Mike Smith, which isn't the sexiest name or the best name out there, but it's not like I don't know. Yeah, you could do worse. Yeah, I mean he's fine. You're not. It's not Andre Pavlik or somebody like that. Like it's he's like a decent goalie. 
and then their their forwards up front. I feel like depth may have been a problem for them up front, but I think you still they still have Gaudreau, who's pretty explosive, and they still have Monahan, and Backlund's a good player, and Froelich's good. I, I I think you should be getting. I feel like they should have been more out of the team than what they were this year. So I, I think letting Goldson go is, is the right call. Yeah. And then, yeah. By the way, just to watch that Matthews goal, and that was a six nine. Yeah, that was uh, pretty ridiculous. Uh, Vesna finalists. Did you see who they were, Stephen? I did not see this piece of news. Did, who are they? Take a guess as to who the three were. Rene Vasilevsky and uh, da, 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 Gibson. Ooh, okay. Two out of three. Rene Vasilevsky and then Connor Hellyubuck. Oh, hell you, Bucky. You had a great so, year. Yeah, I feel like all three of these guys were, when we were talking about the Vesna finalists, too, were just guys that we were like, yeah, they were good. Really good team around them, though. So we don't know if they're going to get nominated. And now they're all here. And uh, I don't know which one to take. I think I think I would go Vasilevsky. Still. Tremendous year. Yeah. I mean, I and I feel like whenever I watched the Lightning games, he still made two or three ridiculous saves to kind of keep them in games where they were starting to let the, the foot off the gas. I mean, even in that game against the Flyers, that ridiculous Saturday, a seven game to six had, game, he still made killer saves that kept the Lightning in the game. They should have lost that game, to be honest. And yeah, he kept them in it. A seven to six game, and he had, I think, two to three remarkable saves in overtime. Which is, you know, a goalie has a six allows six goals. You're like, well, he was terrible, but he came up with some big stops. So. And Connor Hellebuck, he set the record for most wins by an American goaltender in a season, which, I mean, we're not going to – I have feelings about goaltending wins being touted as an achievement. Uh, but, you know, that's still pretty remarkable. And I, But I feel like playing for the Jets, you probably, uh, probably got a little goal support. I don't know. He's, he's a really good goalie, but I, I don't know if he should win it this year, in mm. my opinion. IMO. IMHO. Uh, Nothing humble about you. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm pretty cocky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, when you're a man that makes eight eight figures doing hockey blogging, uh, it's uh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel are, like are we talking yen? <laughs> talking Bitcoin, my man. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, if you're making eight figures in Bitcoin, according to the many calculations I have on Bitcoin, which I don't understand any of them, I don't either. I think you're doing well, but I, 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 I don't know what a Bitcoin is. Is that what? Is that what Super Mario gets uh, when he hits a block over his head? You sound like the oldest man out there. And yes. That's because I am. <laughs> and yes, it is. That's exactly what it means. <laughs> Except the oldest man doesn't even know what a Super Mario is. That's true. So I'm the middle ageist man. <laughs> oh, God. I, I have no idea what Bitcoin is, but it sounds, it, I mean, it sounds cool. Sounds pretty neat. It sounds cool. I also I don't trust it. I, oh, I not at all. I, I will never. Can I stuff it in my mattress? <laughs> Too bad. Can I not take it to the bank because I don't trust the big government? No. So uh, if I can't if I can't put it in a location on my house, nobody else can find it. I'm not keeping it. Can I put it in my lockbox? <laughs> the lockbox. We talked about random SNL sketches last week before the show. Do you remember the Al Gore one about lockboxes? I absolutely remember yeah. that. And as the reason I said that is because I keep a lockbox. Oh. By the way, it's very secure because the key is in the lock on the lockbox right now. Oh my god. But 
I think it's more so I don't lose the things in there than <laughs> anything. So it's like, eh, yeah, it's there. So I know where my birth certificate is. Great. <laughs> oh, man. I, I remember the lockbox. Who who played Al Gore? That would be. Uh, da, 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 was it Daryl oh Hammond? Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good, pretty good skit. That's got to be. It was at least 20 years old now, right? That was for the old gym. Shut your dirty mouth. Uh, 18. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I was going to say, I think that was for the 2000, the 2000 election. election. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, you were talking about Bill Brasky last week. and I, Bill Brasky. Yeah. That one's, that one's got to be over 20 years old. That one is over, probably 20 years old to a T yeah. at this point. And then um, I forget, uh, I think for Easter, someone you brought up when I, my family came over, someone was talking about the, uh, when uh, Chris Farley and Adam Sandler played the husband and wife that looked at Zagats. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, I remember that one very well. At, like Adam one. Sandler just sounded like he was suicidal and like Chris. I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that sound great? And she's just like reading off all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I pretty much would spend my very sad youth <laughs> watching snl reruns on comedy central in the middle of the day oh my the god summer, so. i did that too yeah that was <laughs> this is why we're friends yeah that was i remember that very distinctly yeah that was uh I, I, are they still even on comedy central i feel like i'd never watch comedy central for anything now like at all there's a reason there's a reason I, uh, but i mean like i i don't know i used to watch it occasionally when they used to have uh when workaholics was still on I used to watch it a little bit but like even now I don't think I've watched. I don't think I've turned on Comedy Central. That's not true. I watch Scrubs in the morning. Never mind. They have, they have Scrubs. <laughs> Scrubs in the AM. Yeah. AM, AM. I don't even know why. I feel like Scrubs is one of those shows that I just. I think I just watch it for nostalgia. Like it's not even. I don't laugh at any of the jokes, but like, <laughs> like, do you, but like, it's one of those things where like, oh, it's Scrubs, and I I just put it on every morning. So the only thing I've watched on Comedy Central in recent history is they've been showing the office lately and that's uh similar to your scrubs experience except i still laugh at it yeah well i'll just throw it on for comfort in the background and can just have it on yeah the, the office is actually funny too like scrubs had its moments but it was still i i don't know that was one i never got into i tried my damnedest yeah. i gave it a lot of chances and it just never quite hit with me yeah it's i i don't know there's like some lines are get me, but like most of the show is just it's not. Also, a lot of shows early two thousands and NBC, pretty homophobic, and I think that was <laughs> that was one of them. Like watching Friends reruns, man, there there's a lot of a lot of times where the jokes in Friends are just, "What are you gay?" Like I feel like there's <laughs> like ten times. It's true. Like it's just the punchline. Like that's that's it. Like that's the joke. It's just being gay. It's just like, oh, don't my be God. gay, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Knights just got on the board. Yeah. Was that Braden McNabb? I think I think so. I th or I think it may have been Carl. I think uh, Quick didn't stand a chance. Whoever it was. No, absolutely no chance. And I think the Kings have been, yeah, it was Brady McNabb. Good call. I thought it was William Carlson for a second, but uh, that was, and the Kings. Well, have, it was nice to see a McNabb come through in a playoff uh, game. Am uh, I right? I'll hang up and uh, listen, bro. They got you to throw up on the ice. <laughs> oh, am I right? <laughs> or pass that shot, or pass, or uh, shoot that right into uh, Jonathan Quick's feet. So that would be another. 
you know what? That's a, that actually got me to laugh. That's, that's, a, that's a deep McDab burn. So now, now I asked a question on my Twitter the other day. We're on the Flyperbole Twitter, so I guess our Twitter. I never go asking. In there. Don't act like you share that with me. That's all you. I really don't. Yeah, I, I refuse to. <laughs> uh, that, and the day I do is the day uh, I. Die. Yeah, I was gonna say it's say. the day it's announced at our at your will that I get. I, I am putting it in your will, <laughs> in my will that Craig gets the password to the Fly Purbly account to do as he please. You can you can sell it to a website yeah. that just wants to buy followers. Uh, not making any accusations, but definitely have dealt with websites like that before. What? Uh, uh, oh boy, oh, dangerous territory. Oh no! Look at the stars tonight. <laughs> My God, it's full of stars. My question the other day was, I can't decide if I like the Vegas Knights uniforms. You know, it's funny you mention that because I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a little there's a few too many disparate elements that really need to be tightened up. Yeah, I I think it's fine, honestly. I mean, but I'm also a big fan of ugly hockey jerseys, and I feel like this color scheme is kind of uh gross and also i think the one thing <laughs> it's no wild wing yeah so the one thing they got rid of is the like the gold glitter like the, what are we doing like they're all that what is this like just vegas baby that's what it yeah, is yeah but, but I, I don't know it feels too arson craftsy like just just take it out i don't know i think it's really it's kind of weird it's really telling battle for the puck in the corner and then you just see like a shiny thing on their their gold sleeve it's like all right boom. I don't know. Sorry, what were you going to say? I cut you off. You've, you've been watching a little too much Friends, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I think it's really telling that the reactions I got were all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. let's see. I got They're Awesome from Teppo's Dad. WT Pucking Puck. You don't. John Dos Passos. I like the gray. Not sure about the rest. Uh, yeah. name isn't fully showing right here. Uh, Bob from online. The white is fire. Yeah. See, it, I, it just I goes on like that. I love the logo, the but I really like the away Jersey. The home is not bad though. The Danny Fortuna, uh, the blue Raja. Well, Oh wait, that was something else. Uh, I feel like the gloves. I do like the white gloves. I don't know if that's a, I think I and I'm not even sure I like that element. Yeah. See, I really, I like the white jersey and the white gloves. I like that. I kind of like that, like aesthetic. But I, I, I don't know. It, it's. A, I think it's one of those things too, where it's a it's a new team, so some people are just gonna be like, "It's a new jersey, pretty cool." And then other people are expecting too much. I don't know. I'll tell you what I really don't like though is the red. Yeah, I, I could do without the red. Yeah, like I when I think of them too, I just think of the uh, the gold and the, the the ugly green and the gray. The the red, I feel like yeah, like the sleeves the sleeves on the jerseys, they they need the fix. Besides that, like if they had made if they made their away jerseys just all white, that'd be pretty dope. Like I feel like that'd be pretty awesome. Like the maple leaves at their at the winter classic? Yeah. Or the the outdoor game against the Capitals. Right, right, right. Quite the the winter classic, but uh whatever it is, stadium series, I guess. Yeah, the the uh Navy appreciation game or wherever that was. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, we're gonna stick you with the Leafs. Sorry, guys. No, they have Austin Matthews. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. I mean, I'll take Austin. 
Austin Matthews doing all right. I feel like the Leafs, I mean, I I was not expecting them to get killed that much in the first two games. I thought it was good. I thought that might have been the closest series in the first round. That or the Cavs Blue Jackets and I don't know. I mean, it still is. They can still win the next game and it's 2-2, but those first two games were pretty I don't know. They they got manhandled pretty well. Also, David Pasternak had two unreal goals in game two. Did you see either of them? I did, and David Pasternak had a just surreal, unbelievable first couple games of that series. Yeah, that that first that first goal where he in one motion caught the puck, spun around, and deked out uh, Anderson was kind of just one of those plays where it's just what what the hell am I watching here? And then the last goal, too, was the classic uh, in-between-the-legs uh, deke that he's able to put over uh, Anderson real late. Make it a six-point game. <laughs> My favorite part uh, last night was when the Sharks beat the Ducks 8-1, to one, and I think Pavelski scored with, like, 28 seconds left. Like, you don't need to score there. But it's funny. Like, it just... It just adds insult to injury. Like the the Ducks know they're not coming back in the series now. You didn't need to make it eight to one. You could have just kind of let the clock run down, but kept cycling, made it uh eight to one real late. So I think it's funny because fuck the Ducks. Ducks are kind of for being a team that has no relation to the Flyers. The Ducks are pretty annoying, in my opinion. Mostly Corey Perry. Mostly Corey Perry. Yeah, and Kevin Bieksa has always pissed me off. Like he just they also just have shitty uniforms. Yeah. Kevin Bieksa looks like a roided out version of Daniel Tosh, and I can't stop. Like, I always think of that now whenever I see him. And it, That's gross. Yeah, exactly. And their, yeah, their jerseys do suck. They might have... Which jerseys do you like more, the Ducks or the Golden Knights? I think I like the Golden Knights because they're at least yeah. trying something. I just feel like the Ducks were just slapped together. They're like, ah, it's good enough. It's just not the Mighty Ducks logo anymore. <laughs> Yeah, they got. I, I mean, they literally. Yeah, it, it's just not. It's not good. Pretty. I get the idea behind it, but it's just not. I don't know. It's not a. It's not a good looking jersey. Speaking of color schemes, that that one's not exactly great either. Orange and black, and uh, like some kind of like weird like green in there, I guess. And then a webbed D. Yeah. Yeah, it's all. It's all over the place. Not every team can do orange and black, right? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I think only uh, there's only two in my mind. The Philadelphia Flyers and then the Baltimore Orioles, baby. Get that. Oh, Craig's affiliations yeah, right there. Oh, Birdland. I ever, How are your birds doing this year? No idea. I <laughs> have become a horrible Orioles fan. And it's amazing because I, I'm a diehard Flyers and Eagles fan. I can tell you everything about the teams. I could not tell you the starting nine for the Orioles right now. And it sucks because I used to watch growing up, I watched them during the bad Orioles years from after they had the whole Tony Tarasco thing in 96 and the playoffs after that 97. I watched all the time from 98 through 2012 when they were not in the playoffs and they were consistently one of like the five worst teams in baseball. Won the games, watched a bunch of games on TV. As soon as they made the playoffs again, my mind was just like, eh, you know what? I think I'm done with baseball. So I put in all that groundwork, and then it's just no reward, no payoff. Real shame. <laughs> but All right, Craig, the, the Orioles have played 17 games. What's their record? They feel like a 6-11 team in the May. 
Oh, so close. Five and 12. Five and 12. There you go. Yeah, I mean, they did. Yeah, starting pitchers. Starting pitching still sucks. I believe they're big problem. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. I know they almost got no hit once or twice already this year. I remember Fun. that was the big thing with them so far this year was uh, down seven to nothing in and during a no hit bid, uh, somebody I think it was Chance Cisco, which great name. Uh, I that is a good. I name. believe he strong name. Bunted it to break up a no hitter and like the Twins like shit their pants and were just like, well, this is against the unwritten rules of baseball and well, I don't. What is this nonsense? And then all the Orioles were like, yeah, it's a baseball game. We were trying. I don't know what to tell you. And they just didn't know how to react to that. <laughs> <laughs> which i don't know i kind of get that you know you're uh you're trying to win the game you're not trying to you know not break any unwritten rules as you're getting no hit you're like uh gotta kind of do what you're gonna do we should stop talking about the orioles nobody cares about the orioles but this i think it's all we got pal <laughs> yeah i'd rather talk about the orioles than talk about sean couturier getting uh, injured by racco gudas do you think do you so depressing do you think racco gudas gets traded this summer I think there's a very real chance he gets traded this summer. They've got to get a legit NHL shot uh, or look at Moran and Philip Myers might be knocking on that door. I feel like Moran and Myers are both coming up and uh, I think you're losing Manning. And if you get rid of Gudis, then uh, voila, you got your your top six right there. Another question for you about people are going to trade. You think they trade Wayne Simmons? I want to say, I want to say no. Actually, I think they probably should, like a number of people, but yeah. I, I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I I don't know if they can move him now. Like I, this is this has been a rough year for William Simmons, and I'm saying that, and I think he had 24 goals, but uh, really came to light his five on five play, and now in the postseason, the coach is going with Nolan Patrick. And really, it's not even a, a Hacksaw doesn't know what he's doing type move. It's a, a move that actually is kind of deft. Like, it kind of makes sense. And I'm surprised that Hacksaw is actually going with it because Nolan Patrick has looked good on that top power play unit. Uh, so I, I, I kind of wonder if other teams. <laughs> it's very unhack like. Yeah, it's very unhack like. Usually, usually, what would happen is Patrick would need to dominate on the second power play unit for like 30 games during the regular season. And then Hacksaw will go, you know what? Maybe he should be on the top power play unit. Not not like a thing where he looked good for three games and he's like, you know what, we're doing this right now. Usually hacks a little bit late to the party on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. Well we'll see. Guys, we uh we thank you for listening. Feedback is best given to us on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad and My God do they suck this week. Boom! Yeah. You fuckers. Everybody came after me when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they were like, wow, your brand's crumbling. What are you going to do? And then you know what I did? I stuck watching sports, and guess what happened? <laughs> guess what fucking happened? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> never gets old, this sports. So. Every- it never gets old, but this is, uh, you know, re- reach out to Craig for all of your great I guess, uh, takes and such. Oh, please, I'm, yeah. I'm running out of fuel with this one. Yeah, I got that. Sorry, you said, wow. I had to think of, uh, <laughs>
The video oh, is just God. Owen Wilson says, wow. So that's, uh, you know, the official wow <laughs> of Fly Purbly. Uh, you can reach me at the official Fly Purbly account or at Estebaum. Either one will do. Follow Broad Street Hockey, VSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey's account and follow all the great people from the main Broad Street Hockey radio podcast. Yeah. Fly Purbly at gmail.com for long form responses and such. we get any uh we get a second email yet uh not that i've seen but i will be on the lookout all right so ne- next show will be out on friday uh barring soul destruction at the hands of Wednesday's oh, game buddy you're gonna have to brace yourself for that because tomorrow's gonna be a very trying game <laughs> if victoria <laughs> can't go <laughs> And then uh, likely the next cast after that will be, well, it should be something early next week, depending on if the Flyers can extend this series. We'll see what day yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a, if they lose in game five, if they're eliminated in game five or six, you, you want to just do a regular Wednesday one? We're just going to go back to regular, regular podcasting schedules <laughs> then. But if they win, if they can extend the series, we're going to pump one out for Tuesday consumption. Yes. Consumption is the word. I'm going to go with it. Yes. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And that'll that'll be game seven. I hope we're looking at a game seven. Just I, I want to make it competitive. I want to wear the penguins down. I don't want them to have an easy road to another. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, let's not let's not do this right now. The less said, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you for listening. And until next time, as always. Good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve! But not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.